What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Blog Talk Radio. Bringing you excellent entertainment from the king of DC media. Here's the Inside Acting Radio Show. this day and 4th of July Eve, my fellow actors, producers, and other listeners at land, air, and sea, welcome to this special 4th of July episode of the Inside Acting Radio Show. My name is William Powell, otherwise known as the host from the coast, the sage of the stage, Mr. Ubiquitous, that's king of DC media. This episode is brought to you by DC Actors Examiner. It's a great column all about the acting business. You can most easily find it by Googling DC Actors Examiner. There's a lot of great act, uh, articles out there. So go forth, dear listeners, read and subscribe. Actors, you need headshots, need a reel, look no further than the Blue Artist Agency. Blue Artist Agency is based in suburban Maryland and offers videography, headshots, publicity plans, even wedding photos. Contact them at www.blue-artists.com. That's www.blue-artists.com. Tell them Inside Acting sent you. Do you have a movie out there you're struggling to get funding for? You can advertise your Kickstarter and Indiegogo campaign right here on this show. Did you know that? Sure you can. Sure you can. Contact me at William400 at Yahoo.com or Facebook handle forward slash William.T.Pal. That's forward slash William.T.Pal on Facebook. Again, the email address is William400 at Yahoo.com. Tonight, in honor of the country's 238th birthday, 
We will welcome from AMC TV's Turn. It's a show about the Revolutionary War. The actors Wesley Inslee and Dylan Hintz and Ben Franklin himself, played by impersonator Barry Stevens. Now let me tell you a little bit about Wesley Inslee. He's a 20-year-old writer, actor, director from Hampton Roads, Virginia. Wesley has been featured on TV and film and currently works on producing media for his company, Stretch Out Creations. Dylan Hintz is the president of the DC Stunt Coalition and is known for his work on Blackwood's footage, Ninjas vs. Monsters, and Prison. Dylan is a filmmaker, actor, stunt performer, fight coordinator, and also an accomplished martial artist. He also serves as a broadcast multimedia technician, of all things, for Kennedy Center. Yes, indeed, yes, indeed. And last but not least, let's talk about Barry Stevens. Now, Barry, a.k.a. Ben Franklin, is a native New Yorker. He was born in Brooklyn, Maryland. I mean, I'm sorry, Brooklyn, New York, many years ago. Barry graduated with a B.A. in theater, drama, and went on to earn a California General Secretary teaching credential, and he taught theater and drama in a four-year high school. Now, Barry produced, directed, and acted in many plays between his studies. He also taught civics, uh, theater, and in between several civil service positions with the U.S. Army in Okinawa, uh, Okinawa, Japan, and Fort Riley, Kansas. He did a lot of different plays and many different productions. And he was introduced to the world of reenactment uh, by his son. And he first got to start working with the Virginia-based 1st Regiment. And for the past nine years, he has been interpreting Ben Franklin. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So let me go on here and see if I can bring them on in. And just give me a second here. Hello, good evening. Hello. Hello. Hey. Thanks Hello? for coming on the show. Good evening. You're on the we air? Have all of us right now? Yes. Absolutely. All right, cool. <laughs> all right. Okay. Thanks for dialing in. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. All right. Yeah, should be fun. All right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So, um, Dylan, I'm going to start with you. Uh, How did you get the gig, the 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 job on the turn, and what episodes did you appear in? Oh wow! Jumping right in on that one. Cool. Uh, Yeah. No. uh, uh, Let's see here. What did I do? I got really lucky. Um, the, the the story for me getting on turn, which was kind of like my first big television show uh, stunt gig, uh, was uh, brought to you by the uh, stunt coordinator Kid Richmond, who worked on mm-hmm. every episode of that show, including the pilot. He uh, gave me a chance to do uh, my first stunt on that show, uh, brought me on and uh, gave me the opportunity to do stunts for episode uh, three, three, 
Uh, okay. Episode, yeah, that was the first episode I was in, uh, and I was a stunt sailor. I was actually also kind of seen in the episode. We were two guys rowing a boat towards the end of episode three, where the uh, I think it's Caleb character uh, uh-huh. commandeers a, a rowboat and tells us to get out. Uh, very uh, well, I Terminator. That. Hmm. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, it was a it was a lot of fun. Um, we we shot that one over the course of two days, in the cold in December, and uh, the stunt was uh, was cold because our job was to jump out of the boat into the water uh, and swim <laughs> many, around for a little bit. Uh, how so, many uh, how many takes? We did that in uh, I think it was a total of three takes. Three takes: one jumping in and two swimming around. Uh, because they they loved the jump on the first take. There were a lot more takes of us rowing the boat. Um, but then the jump we got in one, it looked good to them. Uh, and if you watch it, you can see the other stuntman jumping through the air. I had already splashed through the water myself. So uh, they got it. <laughs> With, like, yeah, it was it was good for me. It was cool. It was a lot of fun. Um, my favorite thing about it was the training, to be honest. That was the best part. Hmm. Okay, you say the training. I mean, they had uh, now was this through Kid Richmond or what? How did that work? Um, that was kind of self-prescribed. Uh, basically, oh, okay. I was told I'm going to be jumping in the water in December, so <laughs> I decided to practice swimming again. Uh, which I I'm a pretty good swimmer, not like a swim team swimmer, but I swim pretty often in the summer. Uh, in the summer, not in December, in a pond in 34-degree temperature. So in this case, it was uh, it was time for me to uh, go take a really cold shower for a whole week. Every every day before uh, I went down for the shoot, I would take a, a, a shower, and I would just turn the cold all the way up and turn the hot all the way down and just kind of wow. sit, uh, sit in it until I couldn't take it anymore, uh, which wow. I don't necessarily recommend. But it worked for me. It got me mentally prepared to do something that I've never done before, which was essentially a polar bear plunge, the only difference being we jumped right in rather than ran through the first, you know, couple of feet up to the knees and then up to the chest and then ran back out. So Yeah. Um, we were wearing wetsuits, though. It's not, it's not that I was doing this with bare skin. It was with wetsuits. But it was still a challenge, and it was a great challenge, and it's kind of why I'm in the stunt field that I'm in is because it, it helps me learn all the cool stuff I can do with uh, the one body I got. <laughs> All right, Wesley, I'm going to switch over to you. The same question. How did you get the the gig on turn? Um, I think I had worked on the pilot. I know Arbold Casting contacted me about the pilot. Uh, we worked on that for a little while, and they called me back for uh, episodes 8 and 10. Um, I'm in their database. Uh, they have a, just like a agency pro software. So basically, if you have your stuff in there, and uh, they they like your look or or you match the breakdown. Um, they send out a casting call, and uh, so basically that was it. I worked with uh, Arvold uh, on a couple other projects aside from Turn, um, but I mean yeah, that was basically it. Just got an email and sent an email back, and went to rehearsal, then shot. So that was fun stuff. Hmm. So uh, talk about your shoot. Well, uh, I know the first shoot was the pilot, and uh, we actually had to go out to I think it was I think it was near Palatine Correctional Facility, way out uh, 
near Richmond. It's about 30 minutes away from Richmond. And uh, the shoot was pretty nice. It was a nice day. Um, if you see in the first shot, you'll see a, a, a long shot. It's establishing the uh, scene where there's boats um, on a dock. And actually, that whole dock and the water is all green screened in there, uh, which was really hmm. amazing because when you see that, when you see all the water and everything, what you're actually seeing is all that was edited in from, uh, it's like a giant cornfield, actually. So I thought that was pretty cool huh. that they did that. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, you can't really see me too much in that first episode. And uh, I don't think I ever watched the 8th or the 10th, so I'm not sure where I popped up around there. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go to Mr. Franklin, Mr. Ben Franklin. So now, sir, uh, I know, uh, thank you for joining us tonight, and I just want to ask My you. Pleasure. Yes. Okay. Now you signed the uh, the Declaration of Independence. Uh, gosh, I guess it's been a while ago. Two hundred thirty-eight years ago. Tomorrow. What What's so significant about that document? Oh my! It's significant because it was the first of its kind. We. Can you speak up a little bit? Uh, yes, I can. I'm going to uh, lower some uh, lower some of my. Uh, Yeah, I know that uh, the whole time thing is uh, a beast there. Okay, you're uh, – oh, wait a minute. Did you switch? I think we lost him. Hold on, folks. I think uh, we're going to switch over to the – old Ben is going to switch over to the home number there. Did we lose Benjamin Franklin? Yeah. I forget. Well, wait a minute. I think he's got his home number. Let's see if we got him. Ben. Hello. His kite got disconnected. Yeah, something happened. I say because I see his home number here. Mr. Franklin. Hello. Oh dear. Oh. Okay, hold on, hold on, folks. We gotta. Oh hold wait on. a minute. Uh oh. Now we lost both of them. Okay, hold on. Let me. We gotta both. got a time time travel snafu here. Just hold on, folks. We gotta. Hold on. Let me just. Dial back in here. But while we're, while we're getting him, let me go on to uh, – I've got to get him back. But let me go ahead and, and ask another question. Uh, let's see, what did I have to do here? Okay, so, uh, Dylan, what's going on with the D.C. Stunt Coalition? Uh, lots of stuff. I know, I know. I don't, I don't, I don't sound very exciting at first. Um, right now we're doing a, <laughs> okay. a lot of work uh, this summer. Uh, we have our – open gym session on Sundays in Rockville, Maryland. Uh, it's an open gym, so anybody that wants to come in and train and uh, practice with people and learn from other people uh, can come in and do so. Uh, we kind of run it as like a big potluck, so people just share their different skill sets and knowledge and what they've learned. We've got people that are fencers, people that are uh, 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 samurai sword people. We've got uh, people that have done tactical gun work. We've got parkour people. Uh, everybody loves to try and get down with the, the stage combat and the film and screen fighting. Um, we spend a, a good time there uh, every Sunday. Right now we're open from 9.30 in the morning till 9 o'clock at night, uh, although we'll be open later this weekend because it's a holiday weekend. Uh, and uh, yeah, we're there every weekend. We haven't missed a single one. Right now we're uh, maybe training up for another workshop at Otakon, which was a big success last year, where we put on a couple of fights for all the fans at this big anime convention in Baltimore and uh, talked to them about 
and the stuff that they see on the internet with all the really cool fight scenes from all the different groups that are putting stuff out there now. So oh, fantastic. Oh, so, so Ben is here. Some time travel problems here. So, uh, Mr. Franklin, yeah, I'll, re- I'll, I'll pose that question again. The significance of the Declaration of Independence. Well, it's significant because it had never been done before. And uh, if it were to be tried, it's amazing, but we tried it against the uh, the, the, the grandest uh, uh, power in the world, you see. And uh, we we had very little behind us, uh, except probably a lot more gall than anything else. Uh, we were certainly motivated to... Uh, uh, to to separate, uh, not all of us. Uh, I don't want you to think that everybody was behind that movement, uh, but it was uh, it was just a very gutsy thing to do. Mm. America, absolutely. Mm. And absolutely. that's how it and uh, and that's how it started. Well, we uh, we uh, we signed the declaration. We knew that the French would help. Uh once we signed it, they were willing to support anybody who would fight the British. And once they saw that we were in a position to actually win some battles and that we were serious about our intent, uh they were more serious about assisting us with funds and uh personnel and uh, ships and uh uh, of course, the rest is history. Yeah, I mean, you were instrumental in, uh, I think you spent some time over there in, in France, uh, the drum-up support. Well, once I signed the declaration, I was sent to uh, exactly go and uh, see if they were sincere and start finding people who would support our cause financially. We had very little money, of course, and we weren't manufacturing any of the tools of war. Uh, We had none of them at our disposal. Uh, again, it was Gaul that got us into the fight, uh, but it was the uh, the uh, French bullets and the uh, uh, the French support that helped us helped us win the war. Absolutely, absolutely. Good. Okay, so uh, old Ben, we're going to get back to you in a minute. Let me switch over to uh, Wesley. So, man, what's what's going on with uh, uh, what's new with Stretch Out Creations, man? Oh, man, we've got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, we've we actually been working with a company out in L.A. called Jukin Video, or Jukin Media, uh, and that's going pretty well. Um, we're working on getting some clips uh, that we created out onto the network. I uh, can't say too much, but you might be pop up on the TV within the next uh, six months, so that's really exciting. Okay. Okay. That's pretty good. That's Fantastic. So let me get back to uh, Dylan. Uh, Dylan, so what other historical pieces have you done? Um, huh, I don't really know. I mean, I've done a couple of sci-fi things, so that's kind of like the reverse of history. Uh, uh-huh. I did do a couple of other stunts on turn itself. I got to do a sword fight. Um, oh, cool. That's in episode five, and I got to work with the awesome Kevin Inouye. I think that's how you pronounce his name. He helped okay. train me in a very historical uh, style of swordplay called small sword, uh, which is like huh. fencing for uh, very gentlemanly duels. Uh, huh. And I also got trained by some people at the DC Stunt Coalition that were very helpful in regards to me getting up to that. So I got to learn a little bit about the history of a certain weapon while working on a very historical show and wearing an awesome historical wig. So <laughs> and now it's good. Uh, yeah. So that was fun. 
Uh, I don't know. I don't know. You told me one I, time. Did you, I did play did Mitt you Romney know? once. Go ahead. Kind huh? of history now. Huh? Well, I, I kind of lost that last sentence. I, I, I played Mitt Romney in a fight scene once, which is now kind of historical, because it was Mitt Romney versus Barack Obama in the style of Dragon Ball Z. So uh, that great <laughs> cartoon where they shoot lasers at each other and everything. So if you Google uh, Mitt Romney, Barack Obama, Dragon Ball Z, you will find me as Mitt Romney shooting lasers out of my hands. Now is that on YouTube? Cool. That is on YouTube. You will find it on YouTube. That was made by the ever-awesome Tim Wang, another town uh, local, and uh, it co-starred Pianchi Zimmerman as Barack Obama, uh, and it was awesome, and it's probably one of my favorite things I've ever done, just because playing Mitt Romney was one of the most challenging characters I ever had to portray. <laughs> Why do you say that? Because he's so freaking boring. There's nothing exciting or interesting about Mitt Romney. Have you ever looked at this guy? There's nothing unique about him. It was the most challenging oh, thing ever. Oh, wow. Okay, we're going to get Ben into that in a minute. But now, right. Dylan, I think one time you told me, did you not tell me one time you uh, you did some pirate stuff at, uh, what was it, Adventure World or Six Flags or somewhere? It was Adventure World, but then it was Six Flags when I was there. Um, so, yes, I worked in the Six Flags stunt show in uh, the summer of 2009. That was the way I got started in stunts. Uh, oh, okay. I played a governor of a town called Port Privy, and I was very foppish is the word for it I would use. Okay. Um, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. That that was the ultimate way to break into the game. Uh, great training, 10 hours a day of running around and Really, really hot weather with really, really hot clothes, doing really, really cool things. And That's they're still doing neat. shows, so if you get a chance, go to Six Flags America and see their stunt shows. They're great every year. Fantastic, fantastic. Okay, so getting back to uh, Mr. Ben Franklin. So, Ben, uh, what, what sage advice would you give our leaders uh, in 2014? Oh, uh, in terms of what, please? Uh, in oh, terms of uh, uh, signing saying... uh, signing your own declaration, I, I'd be careful of it now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I would truly Any... be careful. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, and do uh, you have any wise sayings for us? Oh, could, I, I'm sure I could go on and on if I could get started. Uh, but inevitably, the, uh, the 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 question always puts me on the spot because it, it's hard to come up with uh, something to say. Oh, except of course, don't take any wooden nickels. Um, the man was <laughs> the the man was uh, so bright and uh, so astute and so so much in command of uh, events and uh and uh and and the knowledge of people and working with people that it's just very difficult to to sort of sit down and focus on something in particular uh, uh he was uh he is very challenging franklin is an extremely challenging uh person to try and uh re- recreate because he is so broad so he comes yeah, such a spectrum you know yeah, the, uh, renaissance man so um Tell me a little bit about how you got into uh, reenacting Ben Franklin. Well, uh, 
as you mentioned, my son got me involved. Uh, I was uh, just very happy working and uh, every once in a while doing a uh, a bit in a local uh, community uh, theater. my, uh, but my son, who was, had gone to college, asked me to look into a group here. It's the 1st Virginia Regiment of the Continental Line. And these men and women uh, reenact the soldiers and the women of the 1st uh, Virginia Regiment. Hmm. And they were, they fought, of course, uh, they were drafted here in Virginia and uh, formed in Virginia under uh, Patrick Henry, as a matter of fact, in Richmond. And huh. uh, they fought. They fought with Washington in the uh, in the Revolutionary War. And oh, okay. so my father, my my son was uh, was interested in in joining the group, but he was off in Ohio in school, and asked if I could check them out and see what I thought. And in short, after a year of not believing that grown men would do this kind of thing, uh, I was one of them. No, oh, okay. <laughs> and in that way, you see, I, I learned about the uh, uh, the the period. I, I knew nothing of, uh, really, very little about the the history. Uh, I learned about uh, dress. I learned about soldiering and uh, and drilling with a musket, which of course mm-hmm. I have, and uh, I think I can still drill. Uh, okay. And. And I did that for some years. I went to various reenactments with the group, and I was having a magnificent time uh, learning history and reenacting history, and I was very happy. Uh, One year, however, I had some back problems, and I had to sit out from the usual activity, and I went to the uh, campfire. And the campfire is, is a campfire, but people and visitors can come up and talk to you there because you're not out on the field or in your tent or whatever. And uh, one after another, they would come up and call me Ben. Hi, Ben. How are you? How are things in Philadelphia? (laughs) What's new? Uh, I was just blown away by it because I'd never seen myself or thought of myself as Ben Franklin. And uh, I wasn't in uh, uh, civilian dress. My hair wasn't down. It was back, a tied back in a bow. Uh, so, uh, so I was uh, rather amazed. Uh, but as it turned out, enough of these people came to me uh, with enough sincerity that I thought maybe there was something in this. And so I did go and get myself outfitted as a gentleman. And I have been Franklin ever since. Huh. <laughs> been Franklin ever since, huh? Yes. It's it's been fascinating. It's been a a tremendously good learning experience. It has been a lot of fun. And uh, I uh, I, I retired. I started before I retired. And once I retired, uh, as I am now, I'm able to put as much time into Franklin as I choose to. Right. And that's really very good. And you find uh, you get to travel all over the country? I have traveled to many places, yes. Uh, uh, if, uh, if I get the, uh, the, the opportunity, I will travel all over. Uh, I'm not bound by the, uh, the horse and cart anymore. <laughs> you see, so I can travel. And, and I've been to the West Coast in New York and to uh, uh, North Carolina and, of course, Maryland and Virginia. 
and it's uh, it's been a great deal of fun. Uh, something, if I could, I want you to bring up. I did a bit with Mysteries at the Museum. You were talking earlier about uh, the guys in turn, and right. I thought it was interesting because I did a uh, an episode uh, which was featuring Mr. Mesmer, and the uh, the, the name yeah. of the, the term mesmerized uh, comes and was linked to this man who used uh, what he thought to be uh, uh, electric charge to cure people of various uh, ailments. And uh, in this particular episode, Franklin meets Mesmer in France. Cool. And uh, so I, I played Franklin. And uh, the, the, uh, the involvement is, uh, was interesting, uh, you know, but that wasn't the point. The point that I wanted to make was unlike the the situation where uh, was it Dylan or, or it was Wesley who was doing the uh, the water uh, uh, treading water in, in ice cubes, yeah, I guess is what I yeah. gathered. Uh, we were in a brick building in the hottest days of New York City. Uh, the Woo! bricks actually, I think, were melting. Uh, <laughs> wow! And. Uh, and I'm thinking how nice it would have been to have just a little bit of cool water. It was so hot. It was yeah. so uh, unbearably hot uh, that, I, I, you know, you, it was amazing you didn't just lose it there because uh, it was hard to concentrate. And uh, you couldn't keep fans too close to you for the sake of the, the sound. Uh, right. But it was, it, was, it was an interesting experience. And uh, we got through these things very quickly, probably because we didn't dare make a mistake. We'd have to stay in these places longer, mm. you see. But it Ooh. was interesting. It was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like uh, almost a candidate for heat stroke on a day like that. Uh, like that. I mean, that's... that's oh, wow. It, it was close. It was close. We did have to hydrate continuously. In fact, oh. uh, the... Uh, they they had the vans going with the air conditioning so that we'd have some place to go. Uh, we were in old buildings that had windows, but absolutely no air conditioning, no uh, no uh, no movement of air really, and they were stifling. Mm. So as soon as we were finished, uh, we'd we'd go uh, either into a big room where they did have a fan or into these uh, into the uh, van where they had the air conditioning going, and that saved the day. Oh, it's yeah. interesting yeah. how how these <laughs> these shoots uh, work out and how uh, you have very different experiences from one to another. Yeah, I mean, being a react uh, reenactor is uh, a lot of uh, a lot of hard work, but it's a lot of fun. So now, uh, Dylan, I'm gonna switch over to you. Can you teach anyone to be a stuntman? Uh, no, I am not necessarily a stunt. I host an open gym session, and I show people what I know. Uh, the uh -huh. only way that people can get taught to be stunt people is to work with really, really, really good coordinators who have years of experience in the field. Uh, that's just a clarification that I want to make. I'll show people whatever it is that I know. They should take it wherever they go and use what they think works and listen to whoever they work with and do it their way. The, the field is very person-to-person. -person. Uh, no one person does everything exactly the same and you're expected to try and adhere to whatever the person that you work with does. Uh, when you do that, always remember to do whatever is safest. If something doesn't feel safe, talk about it. That's the only thing that I would ever say I would teach anybody is just keep your eyes open, keep your ears open, keep your mouth closed, and if something 
looks dangerous, <laughs> then you talk. Then you talk very okay. uh, confidentiality, confidential, confidentially. Yeah, that's the word. I, see, I can't even get words right, man. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah, know what you mean. Uh, yeah. What's the gym, we teach them. A, we 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 work with them on rolling and tumbling and stage combat and film combat and stuff like that. And they have a chance to learn from everybody in the area that wants to be in that gym. Right. Yeah. Yeah, like you say, everybody does things slightly differently. I mean, you got to kind of like adhere. Yeah, it's it's really just kind of about uh, becoming a part of the ecosystem. Every set is a different ecosystem. Um, I mean, I've worked on indies, I've worked on zero budgets, and now I've worked on uh, both uh, television shows and a Hollywood film. Um, so, you know, I, I've learned that every situation is different, and it's really just about how you kind of adapt, fit in, and be a good person. I mean, that's all there is to it. Be a good person, and uh, the rewards will be great for you. Yeah. Uh, don't that's, be jerk. That's, yeah. That's right. That's right. So, uh, what's the, how's the acting business going down there in uh, Virginia? Seems like it's going pretty good. I know that. Uh, I think Tom Hanks is coming through with a new film, a feature film, Ithaca. Um, I know that they're they're doing casting for that. Uh, looks like everything's kicking up. I know that uh, they have some film incentives that just got passed this year, uh, or tax incentives. So it looks like uh, looks like it's going pretty good. Um, you know, but we'll see. Hmm. And you mentioned, uh, was it Arvold casting? What are some of the other players down there? Right. Well, there's uh, there's Erica Arvold. She does a lot of casting. There's uh, uh-huh. Henry Jaderlin. He does uh, Jaderlin casting. He's done casting for, uh, I think it was Captain Phillips, uh, Field of Lost Shoes. He's got talent agencies, Liquid Talent Agency with Sherry Bias, uh, Hudson Talent Agency with uh, Sylvia Hudson, and there's uh, there's another one I'm trying to think of. There's uh, oh, um, Billy Caldwell of up, uh, Uptown Talent in Richmond. So I mean, there's a decent amount of work. You just gotta poke around. You definitely gotta poke around. Yeah, yeah, and I, I hear I think there's a lot of uh, History Channel stuff down there, isn't it? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, I know Guy Game the Third. He uh, he does some reenactment uh, casting, and uh, he's always pulling in. Telling in uh, a lot of World War Two, World War One, you know, all kinds of things come here. I know the History Channel has done multiple things here. You have the uh, all those documentaries. Uh, I think the JFK documentary was shot here. So yeah, there's all kinds of uh, history done here. Hmm, very interesting. So Barry, I'm gonna switch over to you again. So uh, I. Now that you have a bit of a background as a director, what some shows you directed? Well, I did. Uh, I'm going to have to think. It has been a while. Uh, a, t- a show called Twigs, uh, The Sunshine Boys, Tea House of the August Moon. Uh, we're talking a few years ago now. And, okay. uh, you know, uh, it's been a long time since I have put on the director's cap. Uh, but I did shows in high school. I, I worked for the Army in Okinawa, where I was a theater officer, and I did shows there. And 
had lo- had a lot of experience because when you're when you're working with people who need the training, you have to give them training in absolutely everything: speech and movement and fighting if necessary. Uh, uh, the production uh, n- techniques of uh, costuming and makeup and just delivering lines, just interpreting lines. And so it wasn't just a director uh, sitting back and and coming up with a cast that was uh, thoroughly trained. These people were barely not trained at all. And uh, uh, directing was very challenging. It was rewarding, oh, of course, but it was very challenging. You mentioned the, the term theater officer. Yes. I didn't know there was such a thing. Well, there was. I couldn't tell you now what it it is. Uh, Uh But at the time, uh, with appropriated funds, there were provisions so that the uh, the soldiers in the uh, in the army had things to do when they were off duty. And among those things, of course, they would go to movie theaters. Uh, which was uh-huh. part of my job, but they also had opportunities in the various shops, uh, various skills, gyms, of course, uh, and they had uh, theater, and they could perform. It was like community theater on each of the bases, huh. and they would perform in the plays, and uh, uh, there, there was a very active program up until about the time I left when uh, the world changed, and uh, hmm. at that point, there were uh, there were theater companies uh, all over the world with army soldiers. Huh. Wow, I did not know that. I did not. Oh know yes. That. Wow. In huh. fact, uh, just a little a little fact: it was the largest single producer of shows at the time, more so hmm. than anyone else. The army theater, as a uh, as an entity, produced more theater than any other uh, any other group. Yeah, well, that's Uncle Sam for you. <laughs> Indeed, Usually, yes. Uh, <laughs> big, yeah, big memories with everything they do. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, if you can't do it in terms of hundreds of thousands, it's just not practical. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> that's right. So, so yeah, they did lots and lots of theater, and I, I was in there plugging away, doing my bit for uh, producing theater. Oh, fantastic! That's good. Okay, I'm going to switch gears back to Dylan. So, Dylan, I know you've done a lot of stunts, but what's the most dangerous stunt you've ever done? Uh, let's see here. Well, I mean, I've done a lot of really low-profile stuff. Low-profile meaning, like, basic fight scenes, falls on the ground, not super high falls. Uh, I have uh, done a car hit for an independent film done by Bill Coughlin of Tohu Bohu Productions for a 48-hour film project. Uh, I remember we that. weren't driving the car fast, so it wasn't super dangerous. I will yep. say the most interesting thing that I had to do, though, that was, I wouldn't say dangerous, but risky and uh, tough, was uh, I had to work on an industrial video where we were making a human pyramid, you know, like cheerleaders do. Oh, my God. But, but, but this is where it gets interesting. Here's, here's the twist out of uh, children ages 8 to 12. Ooh. And then we had to get the uh, actor slash his stunt double, which may or may not have been me, to climb on top of this human pyramid and make it collapse and fall. (laughs) So this was was an interesting project. It was done completely safely. We didn't make it... We actually build a human pyramid out of children. We built 
it one time very safely with the children on supports and pads, so much padding, and the parents were right there near the room <laughs> with their permission. Yeah. Uh, but this is what the industrial called for, and this is what they wanted to do, so this is what we did. Um, we got one shot of that, and then after that, we just did really smaller pyramids with the lighter, but uh, very trained martial arts kids that had come in who were ready for something like this, and we practiced it a lot. Uh, totally safe, three kids, smaller frame, works the movie magic, and then uh, myself or the actor that I was doubling for climbed on the ladder behind the kids, wobbled, mm. kind of looking like they were on top of the pyramid. And then the fall happened in a very safe and a very well-thought-out way. Uh, everybody was super happy with the project. Nobody got hurt. And uh, lots of kids made money for their parents that day. I can say that. <laughs> so, uh, well, that was has it pay. And I had to wear a really ridiculous wig for that one. So that was a lot of fun. Now, what's with you and wigs, man? I don't know. <laughs> even know what's with me. My hair has gone through so many transformations in the last two years. I had to wear uh, a, a big, bushy, long-haired wig for that car hit. I had to wear a bald cap for another industrial. I had to uh, wear four different wigs on turn. No, one was a hat. Three others were wigs. Um, uh-huh. And then when I was working on my most recent project, I had to have my hair dyed and uh, perm-curled with uh, perm rods, uh, which was the most interesting look I've ever had because I've never had dark hair with curls. I've always been blonde haired with really straight, wavy, blonde, surfer kind of locks. So yeah. it was a weird change for me. Uh, and uh, I think I think next, whatever I do next, I'm probably going to have to shave my head or something. I think that's the only thing I haven't had to do for a role yet, so I'm pretty sure I'm due for a shave soon. So. Oh wow, that's. <laughs> but that's why they bucks. It's not. It's not to uh, protect yourself from damage. It's to have a haircut that they want you to have for some other. Right, guy. exactly. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay, so Wesley, um, I believe you've done a little bit of directing, haven't you? Yeah, I've done uh, you know a little directing. I do a lot of directing on my own projects. Uh, I've worked with Steve James. He's a cool filmmaker. Um, working behind his camera, doing a little bit of, um, trying to think of the word, um, not direct, cinematography. I've done some cine- cinematography with him, but, uh, yeah, directing is fun. Sometimes it can be hard, you know, getting uh, getting your thoughts across of what you want uh, the actors to do in terms of making the scene perfect. But, you know, it, it's nice to have the, you know, the grip on the actors, and when you get a good group of actors and a good crew and a good director, you know, get a great team, then... Uh, Everything runs pretty flawlessly. Oh, okay. All right. So, uh, Barry, what uh, films have you done? Have you done a lot of films? I've not done many films at all. Uh, Actually, I've sort of just started uh, since being retired, uh, and I spent all my initial time just trying to get Franklin going, uh, but I realized it's to my advantage if I can... Uh, uh, spread the wealth around a little bit and for the experience of doing other things and so I started to uh, put in for various other jobs uh, which is how I got the mysteries at the museum Uh, I also recently did something on Veep and uh, you know you know how it is when you when your background 
and you're one of many backgrounds. Uh, you go to the shoot and you do what you're asked to do and you're there and you see the action and even if the camera is in your face you don't say anything because you don't know if that's ever going to make the final cut and so I didn't say anything and sure enough I was right there uh, right up front um, in the final cut uh, which was a lovely experience. Uh, incidentally, we did that in February, and that was pretty cold. Uh, we were inside, but between buildings, it was uh, it was challenging. Um, but uh, that's the the sort of stuff that I have done. Uh, I'm looking to get more involved, uh, but I'm also looking uh, to get more involved with Franklin and to uh, explore other venues where he can uh, he can be uh, seen and he can uh, perform. Hmm. Yeah, so uh, Barry, so you got to tell me some interesting, uh, some Franklin stories that, uh, some interesting questions you've been asked, for example, because I know, uh, actually, you and I were actually down at the USA Science and Engineering Festival. I had the I had the privilege of playing uh, Dr. George Washington Carver, and I noticed that when you do that kind of work, you get all sorts of you get some people that can kind of play along with it, but then some people, like the little kids, you know, you play along with them, say, oh, I came in a time machine and all this kind of thing. And then sometimes some people don't, some people play along with that and some people don't. And you, know, you get these really weird questions. So what, what's some weird, some unusable kind of questions you've gotten as Ben Franklin? Well, a question that I get a fair amount is uh, if I really was chasing a lot of women when I went to France. Uh, and I get that. <laughs> uh, and and that's, that's a fairly common question. But this particular time, uh, what, what was striking about the question is that it came from the mouth of a uh, 12 or 13-year-old boy. Oh. <laughs> and I wasn't quite prepared to hear that question from him, and I wasn't quite sure how I was going to answer him with that with that question. Uh, but that, that that I get commonly, you see. Uh, uh, people don't usually mistake me for Washington or anyone else, uh, so uh, I have an in, and that makes it easy. It's uh, uh, and then a lot. Most of most of the questions are. are direct and uh, relatively simple. Uh, people don't usually ask me about modern times because they know I'm not from the modern time. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> and, of course, uh, uh, with uh, George Washington Carver, you, you know, while he, uh, he lived much later than Franklin, uh, you're, you're, you're not out there... Uh, Right, exactly. <laughs> because that that would be a little bit afterwards. So, uh, so you, uh, you 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 play it all by ear. My goodness, yeah. we play a lot by ear. Yeah, actually, it was the ancient Mayans that created peanut butter. I have to tell a lot of people that. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna switch back to Dylan. So, man, I know you're an accomplished martial artist. Uh, which martial arts are you good at? Well, first of all, I'd like to just make, like, my own personal clarification in that direction. Uh, accomplished is uh, subjective. Um, <laughs> I, I consider myself uh, a guy that's done martial arts for a while. Uh, I actually have only one formal belt, and it's in the sport karate system. 
but uh-huh. I've taken uh, my share of martial arts in order to increase my capacity for fight choreography and uh-huh. uh, the, the study of biomechanics, which I love so much about how the human body can move and what it can do, and sometimes uh-huh. what it can do to other people. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm still a student. Uh, <laughs> the one tournament that I ever entered, I got clocked really quickly, uh, but mm. my form looks good. Now, uh, what have I done? Uh, my main background is in Shaolin Kung Fu, uh, a traditional long fist style, which is uh, very stance-based and about conditioning. I've also done uh, my fair share of traditional Tai Chi, uh, as well as Kenpo Karate, Bujin uh, Kambudo Taijutsu, which is a modern ninjutsu system, and uh, Kizi Fighting Method, or uh, Kizi, which is a uh, the style of martial arts used in the new Batman and the Jack Reacher movies. It, it looks really good in the Jack Reacher movies. and the Batman movies, it looks different in each movie, so it's hard to see which one's the best. Uh, but uh, I've, I've used all of those in different fight scenes that I've done uh, for different movies at one point or another, and I keep picking up cool new tricks for sword work from stage combat classes through the SAFD, which is a great uh, resource, especially locally. We've got a ton of really awesome people in that. Uh, and uh, I've I, I just I have a ball. I love training in martial arts. I've gone back to my Shaolin roots recently, training with my uh, first teacher again uh, at uh, Tough Temple CrossFit, which is a CrossFit gym in Bethesda. But he also teaches some kung fu on the side. And uh, I just I love martial arts, and I think uh, my love for martial arts is part of the reason why I want to get so heavily into fight scenes when it comes to uh, doing uh, the the stunt side of things with the movies and everything. Oh yeah, yeah. There's uh. Yeah, because uh, I, I guess it must drive you crazy when you see, uh, I don't know if it's crazy, but you can probably pick out some of the fighting styles. Like, for example, uh, Daniel Craig in the in the, the recent James Bond movies. And not only uh, that, yeah. but I'm, uh, yeah, I'm thinking about, um, uh, what's it, Matt Damon and... Uh, Bourne movies? Jason Bourne. Yeah, the yeah. Bourne movies. Yeah, um, the Bond movies are like a mix of like uh, Krav Maga. Supposedly in uh, Quam of Solace, there's uh, some Kizi fighting method. Uh, the Bourne movies are a lot of uh, Filipino martial arts like Eskrima or Kali with Krav Maga mixed in. Uh, and those, the, the Bourne movies especially um, change things a lot because of their popularity. But if you want to see some of the best uh, Kali and knife fighting in a movie, see... Uh, Benicio Del Toro and Tommy Lee Jones in William Friedkin's The Hunted. Uh, that should be on Netflix. That's one of the mm. best uh, knife-fighting kind of action movies you'll see. It's really well done. Uh, it's a great action movie. Or uh, the Korean film Man from Nowhere is really good. And if you want to see the craziest stuff that's available now, check out The Raid and The Raid 2, which is an Indonesian martial art called Salat, uh, which is going to become big over the next couple of years uh, on the Western Hemisphere. Huh. So I just know a couple okay. of things, and not a whole lot. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Very good. So, uh, Wesley, I'm going to switch over to you. Uh, so with your videos, I mean, what's what's the focus of your videos? Is it like cat videos, dog videos? What, uh, if I go up there, what will I see? Oh, well, the focus on our videos is, um, you know, it, it's comedy. It starts off as comedy. The the video we actually had licensed out before, um, the first video we licensed out was a dog video. Um, we actually shot that while we were shooting one of our other videos. And um, we just got contacted one day and 
they said, hey, we'd like your video. Um, but, you know, most of our videos are comedy. We do want to get into uh, into doing some shorts. Uh, we're considering um, participating in the 48-hour up in Richmond, the 48-hour film project this year. Um, you know, if you go there, you'll get a little bit of everything, some funny comedy, some goofy, some goofy comedy. Some things might make you say, what the heck did I just watch? Other things will have you rolling on the floor. So, I mean, you know, it's just... It's funny, and some serious stuff here and there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's good. And uh, kind of backtracking to turn, um, have they contacted you about uh, being on season two? Um, no, I just saw actually. I think two weeks ago that they were they were uh, they got renewed for the season two. Um, so I'm sure that the, they're on hiatus until until they kick back up for filming. Um, I think they do filming between November and March, um, and I think that's what the the first season was. So I haven't heard anything back back about that. However, uh, I would absolutely love to get in there and uh, do a speaking role or something, you know, get my face on it. But. I can only handle so much, especially when it's in the heat in that field that they film on. It, it can just get pretty brutal. Yeah, because the costumes, uh, they're pretty authentic. I mean, it's like wool costumes. Yeah, yeah. The co- I mean, the costumes, a lot of the costume designers around this area are huge into authenticity. So, you know, you uh-huh. get a Civil War or, a revo- uh, I guess, a Revolutionary War, war outfit, uh, you know, they've got layers on layers. And you go out into a field marching around 12-hour days with all this uh, with all this stuff on, you know, it's it's pretty ruthless. I actually worked on uh, the film Field of Lost Jews. We shot that last year in June and July. And on, on a certain day, they actually had a... They had to hire people just to pour water bottles like on people to cool them down. Mm. People were just dropping like today. I remember they had, you know, they must have had 50 background, and by the end of the day, I swear at least 20 of them were up in the church cooling off because they were, you know, they were passing out. Honestly. Mm. Wow. Well, yeah, the weather yeah, is that's, the worst thing about shooting. What do you say now? I said the weather is just honestly the worst part about shooting. Having, you know, like you said, going out, Dylan said, uh, going out into the cold or going out into the extreme heat. But, you know, it's one of the sacrifices you make to do what you love. Absolutely. Absolutely. The things actors go through, it's just uh, never-ending. It's either uh, weather, long days, or weather and long days. And uh, Right, yeah. It's never-ending. <laughs> Never ending, never ending. Uh, for whatever it's worth, you know, those outfits were made of wool and those outfits were made of linen uh, in the original. And uh, while those fabrics are lovely natural fabrics which breathe beautifully, if there's a breeze, if there's no breeze and it's 100 degrees out, you're going to be hurting real fast. Oh, yeah. uh, by the same token, it's really good in rain. It will shed the water, and it's of course very good in the uh, in the uh, uh, cold winter because it will protect you. You've got many layers of uh, heat uh, retaining fabric on you. So for the most part, the the fabrics were very good, uh, but I can appreciate even from my experience with uh, with the. Uh, uh, 
show that I did how when you uh, wear this outfit and you are indoors where there's no movement of air, forget it. it you know, it, it's it's really very difficult to keep going. Right. Yeah, it, yeah. I totally agree. Hmm. Yeah, uh, it, it sounds like it'd be real good for wintertime. I, I want to get one of those, those uh, what do they call it, those trifold hats. This is like the coolest hat. I think when I was a little kid, I went to Disneyland and I had one of those flintlock pistols, and I had a I had a tri trifold hat somewhere. Forty years ago now, <laughs> that's like the coolest fit? hat in the world, huh? Oh no, that would thing's long fit? gone. Would it would it fit? <laughs> no, I think my head's a lot hell of a lot bigger now than it was four years ago. <laughs> actually, so for whatever like, it's that's a cool hat. Yes, it is, but for what, for whatever it's worth, it's actually a bifold. The front is pulled up and has a little gusset in the front, but that's not really trifold. Uh, there are really only two folds in the hat, the front and the back. You're right. Actually, now that I'm, I'm drawing a little illustration on my, my strats pad here. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I never thought of that. <laughs> Well, wow. <laughs> that's one of the things you learn when you do soldiering, let me tell you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Those things okay. are important. Oh, yeah. yeah. Protocol and the whole thing. Yeah, that's, you bet. that's very important. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, because well, you know, that gets it. Go ahead. No, I, I mean, the the whole point of the the, uh, the marches and the drills is uh, is that everybody works in unison. And so everybody right. has to move the same way. And uh, if your hat, for example, is not cocked on the right side or to, uh, in the right way, it will interfere uh, with your musket, and your musket will knock it off. So oh, it has to be okay. turned just slightly so that there's room for the musket on your left. Huh. Little things like that. Uh, which you get to do because you you get tired of having to pick your hat up, you see. So you you <laughs> learn, uh, and and uh, that's just part of the uh, the drilling that we did uh, as soldiering with the uh, First Virginia. Huh, I did not know that. It's not, so Barry, it's not, why weren't you on turn? We need to get you on turn, man. I'm sorry. I said we need to get you on turn to show turn. Well, uh, I have applied, uh, and I will probably keep applying, but uh, I, I know where they are, and I like to think they know where I am, but I haven't received a call yet, so we'll see what happens. Okay, okay, we'll just keep getting the word out, and uh, yeah, that, that, that really like to see you on there. You've got a, a lot of experience to bring to the show. Absolutely, and I have my own hair as well, which is shoulder length. <laughs> so uh, that's another plus. But that's uh, good. You know, but if they want me to do stunts, they're going to have to find someone else to do it. That's a little bit beyond me at this point. Yeah, yeah. Because that makes me think of you know, because we because old Ben did go over to France to secure a lot of material and support from the French. So, and I know the show uh, turn that gets into spycraft and things like that. Now I'm not too too familiar with uh, what's some of the things that old Ben did with, uh, uh, if anything, with uh, espionage? Oh, my. 
Well, uh, in many ways, he was, I won't say certainly responsible, but uh, among other things, you know, he was the uh, uh, royal postmaster general in the colonies before he, uh, before the signing of the Declaration of Independence, and then he was uh, afterward the American uh, postmaster general. And, uh-huh. and much of the uh, the information that came in came in through the uh, the uh, uh, riders who were delivering the mail. They would see where the uh, uh, soldiers were. They would know the movement of the British. And so uh, Franklin was in a position to be uh, well aware of what was happening with all of the British before he left. Hmm. And then when he went to Europe... Uh, he had a network of people who kept him informed of what was happening with the British again. And uh, it's just fascinating because he was very much a part of the espionage of the of the period. Hmm. Yeah, wow. Yeah, he's uh, very informed and he was real good at, like, smoothing and partying and talking to people and gaining confidences in the whole thing. He was like a man of Oh, absolutely. Town. Absolutely. <laughs> and, of course, it was, it was essential that we know what was going on and who was doing what to whom where and when and for how long. Uh, and uh, uh, the movement of information was certainly as important then as it is now, if not more so, because it was so much more difficult to get at that time. Hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. No internet, no phone. You got to, you know, mouth face to face. Absolutely. Face yeah, yeah. Face <laughs> look, look at it through a looking glass, or you, you, you see the tracks in the road, and you know where they've gone, or where they're coming from, or whatever it may be. Uh, or you, uh, you see places that have been uh, uh, burned, or uh, uh, whatever, and you, you know where the armies are. Right, and you, you know, so uh, espionage was uh, was alive and well during the Revolutionary War. No, no doubt, no doubt, absolutely. Okay, so uh, Dylan, we're gonna switch back to you here. So uh, I know you've been involved in a lot of movies. Um, one of one of which was uh, was it Blackwood's footage? What'd you uh, do in that one? I played a character, and I ran around in the woods a lot. That one was uh, Mike Pine up in uh, Chambersburg, Pennsylvania. So you can look uh-huh. that one up with him. That was a fun one. I got to work with Daniel Mascarello on that. Oh, yeah. I've worked with him before. Mm-hmm. Cool guy. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And then, uh, Wesley, I know you've done a lot of different roles, um... What role would you say is your favorite? What role? I'm sorry, could you repeat that question? Yeah, what, uh, what's what been your favorite role so far? Oh, my favorite role? Oh, man. Yeah. I would say uh, all of them, honestly. It's it's not really I've ever <laughs> had one favorite role because they all, you know, they all really teach you a lot. Um, the thing I love about acting is that when you go into, delve into another role, uh, you, you kind of become that person after a little while. You kind of, you know, see into 
how they're thinking and how they're feeling. And, you know, playing a, a uh, you know, like a psychopath or uh, somebody who's insane or somebody who's gone through a lot of trauma, it's really, really fun to to go in and research what made them feel that way and really get a grip on that. And, uh, you know, honestly, if you get lost in the character, it's, it's kind of fun, too, to find yourself in the scene, getting into it, and maybe you improv something, and you really truly understand the grip onto that character. So, yeah, um, there's never been one favorite one. They're all great, you know. I'm, I'm very happy to be blessed with the opportunities I've been given. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so we're coming up here near the end of the show. Um, so I wanted to get a little bit into moving on to... Theater, theater, and um, now Wesley, have you done any theater, or has this been all uh, film? Um, no, you know, I did theater when I was younger, and uh, in middle school and in high school, I did a little bit. Um, the, the whole thing about theater for me is it is kind of a different type of acting, I would say. Um, and some people may disagree with me; some people may agree. Um, theater is fun, you know. It takes a lot of devotion. There's a lot of rehearsal. There's a lot of going over lines. Um, you know, it's also a lot scarier. You have, um, you know, you're going on stage in front of, us, uh, you know, a bunch of people. And, uh, you know, with TV and film, if you didn't like that take, you can just cut back to one and, you know, everybody's ready to start over until you get that perfect take. As opposed to theater, when you go on theater, you know, you nail that line. You have to nail that line in order to get the correct reaction out of the crowd. And... Um, so while I haven't done any theater recently, I know uh, I've been contacted by this guy named Yao Dogby. He does a lot of local theater in Hampton Roads. Um, he actually has something coming up on July 25th, Attack on Arrow Street, or Arrow Track, Attack on Arrow Track. And uh, I was asked to do that, um, but scheduling conflicts didn't let me do that. Um, so, I, you know, I haven't done too much theater recently, but I'm always open to do that, too. You know, it, it's fun. Um but, it, you know, it's just not my thing, really, as opposed to TV and film. I do enjoy the uh, just the, the whole aspect of having cameras, light, uh, you know, a huge crew around you and whatnot. Absolutely. Okay, so I guess uh, we're going to try to get things wrapped up here. So, Dylan, talk about uh, some of the projects you've got uh, coming up in the future and uh, how fans can keep up with you. Uh, well, let's see here. Uh, myself and uh, another member of the DC Stunt Coalition, Brendan O'Donnell, just wrapped working on a uh, short film called Deviance that's uh, written, directed, and starring a local actor named Jimmy Hennigan. Uh, we choreographed a uh, fight scene between two guys in a hotel room. It was very brutal, and it involved some cool stuff. Uh, so I don't know when that one's coming out, but it was a great time working with those guys. You can find them on Facebook. Their movie's called Deviance. Uh, ourselves, uh, we're just really hard at the gym. Uh, we're going to be working on a project called Swords of Insurgency. We've, uh, already done one fight scene with them, with one of our members and a couple of other members, uh, uh, doing a couple of cool fights. Uh, we're going to hopefully do another one in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I think, uh, that's, that's the main stuff that we've got going on right now, but we're, we're working internally a lot. We're trying to churn out a lot of cool demo reel material in the form of short fight scenes. We've got a funny one between myself and, uh, Mitchell Mack, who's one of our members, uh, 
coming up soon. That should be pretty cool. Other than that, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com backslash DC Stunt Coalition, or email us at dcstuntcoalition at gmail.com if you've got any questions. Uh, come in and train with us. Check it out. Uh, we're one of the only stunt gyms in the D.C. area where uh, people are practicing this kind of stuff with no interruptions. So uh, uh, that's what i got to say. Okay. Okay, Barry, uh, what, what do you have coming up, and how can uh, fans book you? Well, several ways, actually. Uh, if you're interested in a dinner with Franklin, we can go to a lovely restaurant in Philadelphia and sit down, and I can be uh, your, your host for the evening meal. Uh, it's, uh, that's available through peak.com, which is a, uh, a service, uh, an international service, actually, uh, that books unique and interesting uh, uh, activities in cities all over the world. And if you go to Philadelphia and you look under food and drink, you will find Ben Franklin, uh, Dinner with Franklin. Uh, that's something. I'm also working with a group of other uh, reenactors, and we, are, we have called ourselves the League of Most Interesting Gentlemen. And you can <laughs> find us there under leagueofmostinterestinggentlemen.com. Uh, that includes uh, James Monroe, Albert Gallatin, Thomas Jefferson, and a gentleman who portrays a scientist or two or three or six of the period, and uh, Benjamin Franklin, of course. And we are available for discussions of, uh, uh, of your choosing uh, from our points of view. And uh, you give us something, and we'll take it, and we will uh, prepare. Now, all of this, incidentally, is really live theater because we uh, uh, we have studied, but we uh, we don't have a camera, and we are not doing a second take. It's got to be right the first time, and uh, we pride ourselves on being able to do that. Uh, so, so. So that's what's happening. And, of course, just my own site, if anyone is interested in more of, uh, of me, it's uh, benfranklinprinter.com. And that will get you all the information I'm sure you, could, you can handle. Oh, fantastic, fantastic. Okay, so, uh, Wesley, what you got coming up, man? Oh, let's see. I mean, nothing too much in the next, uh, next month or so. Um, Scratch Out Creations is working on backlogging a lot of material, and really we're just waiting for August to get contact from the net executives over in L.A. So a lot of waiting, a lot of waiting. Yep, yep. And uh, how can fans uh, keep up with you? Yeah, well, if they want to keep in touch with us, we've got a lot of different ways. Um, you can follow me directly on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash Wesley Inslee, W-E-S-L-E-Y-I-N-S-L-E-Y, why, make sure that's two Ys at the end, um, or they can look, check us out directly at the Scratch Out page, which is, of course, facebook.com slash scratchoutcreations uh, with two Zs. Um, you can also check us out at our official domain, scratchoutcreations.com, which uh, we should be relaunching within, within the next two weeks. Um, contact me by email at wesley at scratchoutcreations.com, or check me out on Facebook. So there's loads of ways. You can also contact my agents. <laughs> Okay, that sounds great. Yeah, by the way, uh, Dylan, what you doing for the 4th? Uh, what am I doing for the 4th? Uh, I'm going to go meet some people and see some fireworks. I know I'm very nondescript. Uh, I try and keep it simple when I'm not blowing stuff up or 
uh, <laughs> planning on it. Well, I mean, I guess for the 4th of July, it would make sense to blow stuff up. I'm probably going to go to the pool. I'm, pro- I'm probably going to go to good. the hamburgers. Um, but I will say, hey, Wesley, totally just accepted it, man. Oh, yeah, totally. I had to get you on. Actually, Facebook. I was just going to send you one. Had to get you on there, man. I know we haven't talked through this whole podcast, but you sound like a really cool guy, and it's really cool that you're, like, pushing hard to get stuff done, man. I always respect that kind of hustle. Right, yeah. Thanks a lot, man. And I thought that was pretty cool that you do stunts, man. I've had a little bit of stunt experience. It's always nice to meet somebody who definitely seems to have a lot more. You know, I'd love to meet up with you sometime. We can get some filming done. Maybe get Benjamin Franklin in there. That would be cool. Oh, absolutely. Big Benjamin Franklin fight fight scene. Yeah, that's right. Come to the gym anytime, (laughs) Wes. We'll talk. That's right. (laughs) And thank you for having me on board with this, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, Barry, yeah, uh, oh, okay. Well, yeah, it was fantastic having everybody on the show, and uh, we'll definitely have you guys on again. Uh, I know you're going to hopefully be on turn again, and uh, just wish you guys just a beautiful and blessed, happy 4th of July weekend. Well, thank you so much. Incidentally, if anyone will be at Mount Vernon tomorrow, I'll be there in my military uniform. I'll be reading the Declaration of Independence at 10. Oh, fantastic. I love it. I love it. That's <laughs> it's great. not a bad document, really. It really is not a bad document. It's worth <laughs> to read. <laughs> Absolutely. That's fantastic. Okay, gentlemen, well, uh, you have a blessed night and a great week. Thank you so yeah, much. Happy Fourth of July. Thanks a ton, yes. William. See you again. Happy talk to you. Yes. Take care. Right, good night. Okay, good night. Bye-bye. Good night. And my dear listeners, let me leave you with the the Bill of Rights. I'm going to leave you with the Bill of Rights tonight. And it says, justly, we, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty and ourselves and our prosperity. Do ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States of America. Happy Fourth, everybody. Good night.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.